0: Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable
1: in thy sight o lord my strength and my redeemer let us humbly confess our sins unto almighty god almighty and most merciful father we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts we have offended against thy holy laws we have left undone those things which we ought to have done and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name, amen the almighty and merciful lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins true repentance amendment of life and the grace and consolation of his holy spirit amen our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread
2: as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen.
1: Praise ye the Lord.
2: The Lord's name be praised.
0: Psalm 39, beginning on page 389 of the BCP. I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I offend not in my
1: tongue.
2: I will keep my mouth, as it were, with a bridle, while the ungodly is in my sight.
1: I held my tongue, and spake nothing. I kept silence, yea, even from good words, but it was pain and grief to me.
2: My heart was hot within me, and while I was thus musing, the fire kindled, and at last I spake with my tongue.
1: Lord, let me know mine end, and the number of my days that I may be certified how long I have to live.
2: Behold, thou hast made my eye my days as if it were a span long, and mine age is even as nothing in respect of thee. And verily, every man living is altogether vanity.
1: For man walketh in a vain shadow, and disquieteth himself in vain. He heapeth up riches, and cannot tell who shall gather them.
2: And now, Lord, what is my hope? Truly my hope is even in Thee.
1: Deliver me from all mine offenses, and make me not a rebuke unto the foolish.
2: I became dumb, and opened not my mouth, for it was Thy doing.
1: Take take Thy plague away from me. I am even consumed by the means of Thy heavy hand.
2: When Thou'st with rebuke dost chasten man for sin, Thou makest his beauty to consume away, like as it were a moth fretting a garment. Every man therefore is but vanity.
0: Hear
1: my prayer, O Lord, and with thine ears consider my calling. Hold not thy peace at my tears.
2: For I am a stranger with thee, and a sojourner, as all my fathers were.
1: O spare me a little, that I may recover my strength, before I go hence. And be no more seen
2: glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy ghost
1: as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end
0: amen here begins the eighth verse of the seventh chapter of the book of zechariah then
3: the word of the lord came to zechariah saying thus says the lord of hosts execute true justice show mercy and compassion every one to his brother do not oppress the widow or the fatherless the alien or the poor let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother but they refused to heed shrugged their shoulders and stopped their ears so that they could not hear yes they made their hearts like flint refusing to hear the law and the words which the lord of hosts had sent by his holy spirit through the former prophets Thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it happened that just as he proclaimed, and they would not hear, so they called out, and I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations which they had not known. Thus the land became desolate after them, so that no one passed through or returned,
0: for they made the pleasant land desolate. Here ends the first lesson. Here begins the 10th chapter of the Book of Acts.
3: There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise peter kill and eat but peter said not so lord for i have never eaten anything common or unclean and a voice spoke to him again the second time what god has cleansed you must not call common this was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again now while while peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant behold the men who had been sent from cornelius had made inquiry for simon's house and stood before the gate and they called and asked whether simon whose surname was peter was lodging there while peter thought about the vision the spirit said to him behold three men are seeking you arise therefore go down and go with them doubting nothing for i have sent them then peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from cornelius and said yes i am he whom you seek for what reason have you come And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him.
0: Here ends the second lesson. o god the strength of all those who put their trust in thee mercifully accept our
1: prayers and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing without thee grant us the help of thy grace that in keeping Thy commandments we may please thee both in will and deed through jesus christ our lord amen o god from whom all holy desires all good counsels and all just works do proceed give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give Good evening to all. And we enter best our lessons tonight through the psalm, as per usual. Um, But tonight's psalm particularly is a haunting one because um, even though it's early in the uh, books of the psalms, it anticipates another book of the wisdom literature, uh, namely Ecclesiastes, particularly in its focus on the brevity of human life and the transitory nature of human affairs um the recurring um mo- uh, the recurring um image in psalm 39 is of breath um and the word and then what the you know, the Coverdale Psalter translates as the word vanity um these words are very similar um and the vanity is reflected as um vanity comes from this Hebrew word Havel, uh, um which um refers to a kind of um, like a kind of dense um like mist or a dense uh, kind of fog um and uh it's it's equated a lot of times with breath um in the sense that this is a kind of air airiness to something that um and it becomes vanity in the sense that it tricks the eye for a moment to thinking it's more substantial than it actually is until you rely on it in any way uh, and then it proves itself to be insubstantial and so the psalmist's um the point here is that, um, in comparison to God and to the ancientness of God and the ancientness of the world that God has made, um, that humanity altogether is counted as vanity before that or Havel, this this kind of seemingly substantial but ultimately vaporious uh, kind of breath um, that is here one moment and then is dissipated in the next. Um, and that even if you were to stack all the lifetimes of all the people in in the human race together you would still have something that next to the eternity of god um, is insubstantial by comparison and you know a breath that uh, that is fleeting and that's significant because it underscores the goodness and the loving kindness of god to be so faithful to beings that are not in any way comparable to him and that this is a significant um, this is a significant uh, way of expressing um, why God is so good because He takes pity and has compassion on something that's so comparatively weak, and we are the things that among the creatures of this of God's world um, that are me- designed to relate to Him in this way, um, and so there it, it expresses how benevolent and and how gracious God is to condescend to have dealings with something that's. Com- comprised like us that is not some ultra powerful demigod but rather is this you know stuff of dust that is breathed in with the spirit and is made a living being for a time and that this is um, this is god's goodwill to show his greatness by um by dignifying something that's lowly and and transitory and by giving it his own life and and relating to it in the loving way that he does This is ultimately what the people of God are meant to imitate and um, and be kind of an icon of as a community in the world. And this is why the prophet in the in the um, in the sort of the message of Zechariah, um, there's an indictment that the Lord of hosts has not uh, that recognizes um, in his own people that they have not been this way, Um, that his commandments to um, to treat with hospitality and compassion and kindness, um, the lowly, the needy, the those who are um, those who have no power of themselves to help themselves, um, and not to use their relative position of strength and blessing by God as a way of oppressing those people and subjugating them, but rather to elevate them and to integrate them into their own society, into their own community. That this is precisely the opposite of what God has done to them. That He has they have related to the people. That by comparison to them being the covenant people of the one true God, they have looked on all other peoples and even the weak within their own society, their own brothers and sisters as as Hebel, as vapor, as something that is not worthy of consideration and have not done as God does relate to them with steadfast loving kindness, but rather have treated them with oppression and tyranny like a Greek or Roman God would. And so God has, is terribly displeased with them, and this is one of the reasons for their exile and captivity, why they were smashed by the other peoples of the Levant in that time, was because it put them back in a position for a season of recognizing that they depend on everything from the hand of God, and that in forgetting that they become like those who no, who, who no longer have a living sense that they need God's graciousness, and so they begin to become monstrous tyrants in that very moment. And so, when you see this when you, you see like Israel at its ascendancy had had you know treated the outsider as a despicable thing that you know that was not to be consorted with, and that this attitude, which was done usually under the auspices of a kind of religiosity and a and a and a superficial piety that this was the very problem this kind of in in the spiritual cancer that had dissolved them from the inside out and had and had made them renounce their very reason for existing. And so in this severe mercy of captivity, God restores them to a place of weakness so that they can again be built up, but built up in a way that makes them know that they depend on their very breath from the breath of God. And in Zechariah's Oracle tonight, we get our our first mention that it has been the spirit of God speaking through the prophets that has given them the life that they have had despite their commitment to death And it's all the forms that they have worshiped death in their practices, their compromises and their departures from the law, that the spirit of God speaking to the prophets, giving them God's words, that these things have sustained them in each of these generations in a way that they would otherwise have been completely dismantled. So we come to Acts chapter 10, where you see Peter who has been, who has walked with the Lord, who has seen the risen Christ, who has received the spirit of Pentecost, nevertheless, falling back on this ancestral sin of his people uh, and sitting on the rooftop is revealed by, and the spirit comes to him and the Holy Spirit of God says, Peter, rise up, kill and eat. And he's like, no, Lord, that's unclean. And is this, again, it, it draws out this, this terrible tendency to um, to be so, religious that one, the one was willing to defy the command of God. And so, and, and under those auspices to resist that call. And so through this moment, through this kind of conversion of Peter again, he's, he is instructed by the spirit not to regard what God has called worthy as something unworthy of him. And so this enables him, this gives him just enough space to enter freely into the house of Cornelius the Centurion, a Roman, a Gentile, Someone who, by definition, would have been unclean and outside the covenant people and even seen as their great enemy and oppressor. And he enters into their home and there he will witness the Holy Spirit coming to them and giving even them life. And this has been the plan all along. The outsider, the stranger, the enemy, the lowly, the poor. These are the ones that God, through his own people, through his own covenant people, wants to bring in so that they might have knowledge of the true God. They might too be saved. And that is always the role of the people of God, whether it is ancient Israel or the church of which we are a part, is that we are always in some way called to be the conduit of the spirit who goes out searching to bring those who are on the outside in. And if we ever forget that and we start to use our privilege as God's people as a way of closing the door to those who are seeking him, then we have renounced our reason for existence. And there will be judgment that follows that. As the Ze- Zechariah says, the breath, the gentle breath of God that continued to give life after so much resistance to it and rejection of it became for the people of Israel, a whirlwind that scattered them where it should have brought all to them. And so it will be with us if we neglect this very sacred duty that we've been given as Christians. So let's Uh, we're called back to that tonight to attend to that as the work of our trinity season that we might look out for those who need the love of god and that and to bring them into the fold and to be the vessels of god that do so
0: we'll conclude tonight with our intercession on page 590 accept o lord our intercessions for all mankind
1: reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better
0: minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about doing good, thy son, our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus
1: Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. It's a privilege to get to pray with you all. And thanks to Barbara and Aliyah, my co-leaders tonight, Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Father Hayden.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great evening. Have a good, good evening, everybody. <laughs>